0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Victory Through Guts. I forget what episode number we're on, but it is the FMW Special 1991. I am, as always, Dylan Murray. With, as always, I said as always twice. With, as always, Alex Richards. Please introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, hi. I'm. Uh, I'm interested to continue our dive into uh, the uncharted waters for myself. That is FMW and its uh, its women's division. So.
0: Yeah, um, I, I'm always a big fan of FMW, um, and it's it's. Charm that I've I've talked about many times. It's charm <laughs> is that a lot of the matches aren't quite good, but they, they're definitely something they're definitely a spectacle to see. Um and that is now no different from our scheduled lineup for today. We have uh six matches, I believe. Yes, we have six matches. Um from the first half of nineteen ninety one from FMW. Uh Alex, how did you feel about the collection of matches I, I brought together for you today?
1: Um, it was definitely uh a bit all over the place, just based on the availability of, uh, of matches and stuff, but I think I got a good feeling for a lot of the, the talent that was there. Uh, some of the rookies, obviously, I don't think we saw at all, but I was introduced to uh, Kamika Matsuda, uh, we did get to see Reggie Bennett, I see the, the epic Delta Dawn, so, you know, all around got an introduction to uh, quite a few cool new talents, even if uh, we were a bit all over the place at times, just because some of the big matches weren't available.
0: Yeah, um, most most notably, honestly, the, the biggest match that wasn't available was um, Megumi Kudo versus Combat Toyota in March, where Megumi Kudo actually won the WWE um, Women's Championship for the first time. Uh, we did not get to see that. It would be really great if we did, but there's literally no footage anywhere on the internet. It's not just us being cheap this time. Uh, we There's literally no recorded footage, unfortunately. But that's okay. We have enough to cover anyway. Um, how about we get right into it? What do you say?
1: Yeah, let's let's jump in.
0: Let's go. Um, So first, our first match on the docket is from January 15th, 1991. It is Combat Army, which is um, Combat Toyota, Crusher Amari and Shark Tsuchiya. Crusher and Sharky have their original names, Ariko and I forget Crusher's shoot name. Um, They have their, their shoot names, but they, you know... They're becoming sharker and crushy sharker and crusher as time goes on. Um and they face off against Mug Mugumikudo, Miwasato, and Kamiko Matsuda. I know you um took a liking to Kamiko Matsuda pretty quickly. Um how did you feel about this first um showing that she had?
1: Uh, she was great, man. The crowd was really into her. Um I think because she was so different from everybody else in the match. Like she was throwing a lot of kicks, had really flashy offense, and was kinda of doing some stuff off the top rope. I think she really stood out just because her offense was so exciting that uh, it made the crowd it made it very easy for the crowd to get behind her, and uh, yeah she's one of my favorites almost immediately.
0: Yeah, um, you, you touched on a note that ah uh, in this match the crowd was electric. I will say like they ate everything that either the team did. Um, immediately I remember Combat Army eventually brought in like um they brought in a broom to attack the the baby faces and the crowd was just going insane for it. Like they popped real hard for the broom. And I appreciate that. I think the crowd was really into it. Um, and I, I enjoyed the match overall, um, combat army. This was their first like appearance together. It was the first time they actually teamed together. Um, and you could tell, uh, shark and crusher, neither of them had their face paint on. They were still wearing their, um, you know, their rookie gear, I guess you could say it from the month prior. Um, really just like, uh, They really didn't look their roles yet, but they definitely did display themselves in a better um, formula, let's just say, Um, when they were alongside combat. I feel like they really looked way more comfortable in the ring than they did in previous outings, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, notably, uh, I wrote this in my notes, uh, the bad guy in the shirt and red was awesome. (laughs) Um, She just had a real snap to everything she did, like when she was throwing her opponents, it didn't feel like the standard heel kind of stuff of that era it felt like she was genuinely trying to rip their head off by their hair and everything like that so uh she in particular really stood out to me obviously toyota and kudo were like the top two um they're untouchable but uh definitely some of the heel work was really really good and definitely a level above a lot of what the kind of heel work we see in um the other joshi companies because a lot of that is fairly basic but here they're just like i am going to rip your head off and uh, it, it's very fun
0: yeah um Maidamari is and for the rest of her career pretty much she is one of the best like fundamentalists when it comes to just heal work she's really really good and people really don't give her enough credit i know i tweet about this the other day um that just like purely based on wrestling she outshines shark so much but because shark had that element of just coolness i guess and she was a better talker and she just you know used more weapons uh she became more of the star and i completely get that because shark is also one of my favorites but crusher just in terms of basic fundamentals one of the most underrated wrestlers in this era of, of joshi wrestling she was really really good um And like you said, you can see that in this match. Um, Even though this is only a few months into their careers, they still looked good, especially Crusher looked great. Um, Combat, like you said, was definitely the star of the show against Kudo. Um, Then Matsuda came in and sort of got her shine in the second half of the match. Um, She eventually did lose. She got killed with a flying clothesline by Kama Toyota. But um, I, I say that. The, the mix-up of all of the wrestlers together, um, save for like Miwa Sato, because I didn't really see much of her in this match, surprisingly. Usually she's a bit more um, present, but she has sort of faded into the background here. Um, i say everybody worked really well together, and I enjoyed it. It was 14 minutes, which was a bit longer than it probably needed to be. Um, but it had really high, bright spots, and I really enjoyed the overall match. Um, I thought it was fine. I, I don't think that's too, too uh, giving to the match. But I, I enjoyed it.
1: That's fair, yeah. I mean, it was a very basic match, all things considered. Like, uh, it, it isn't going to break the bank. Um, but you know, everybody does their job so well that it's hard to really criticize it.
0: Yeah, I, I think you put it absolutely perfectly. Um, but let's move on to the next match, which is a title match. Actually, from, um... uh,
1: before oh, you get on to that, ahead, ahead. Um, after this match, did you did you okay. watch that? kudo just started yep. beating the shit out of combat toyota she like smacked her you head know? off of the table with the ring bell and like threw her into the crowd and i was like kudo is the baddest bitch i love her so much like she is such a good baby face because she just doesn't take combat army's bullshit she's like i will fucking kill you like i don't care
0: you know it, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh it something that i've noticed from watching fmw is that almost every if if Combat Toyota and Megumi Kudo can physically stand up after the match and they are wrestling each other. They will probably be beating the shit out of each other after the match, like basically every single time, like without fail. Um it's It's actually really funny. This was one of the occasions that they like started like actually going at it. um a little bit later on. Um, they had a match, and like Kudo just sort of like slapped her around a little bit, and I was like, "Man, fuck off, I'm leaving." But, like it was, it was real quick. But this one, like you said, they did really go at it. Um, Megumi Kudo was just on our level when it comes to being a babyface. She wasn't even um technically a babyface at this point. She was just not a heel, and she was sort of going into that babyface role um as she wins the WWE t- title in a few months. Um, and it was really interesting just to like see her progression into being just a such a fan favorite and just everybody loves her um and she is absolutely amazing so i'm happy you brought that up it's it's something that sort of like it's lost when you watch enough of fmw because it happens after like almost every kudo combat match but it is always fun to to notice that they just beat the shit out of each other um whether the match is happening or not uh so yeah thank you for bringing that up
1: no problem yeah so uh, i love that kind of shit you know it's one of my favorite things about stardom now is where like after a match two people just like reef the head off each other by the hair and i'm like yes puncher puncher yeah. head butter <laughs> and it's like that's it that's all i need is to build wrestling this is people looking at each other with a desire to commit murder
0: yeah i definitely get that it's it's uh it's a bloodlust that we have as wrestling fans um and it's let's not look too much into that um psychologically because <laughs> might find some stuff we don't want to find out but anyways the next match was on february twenty sixth of nineteen ninety one. It was Combat Toyota defending the WWA women's title against Espina Goto, um the wife of Tarzan Goto and a recent debut de, is it that like is is Debut See, Tom? I thought it was w. Tom, but I feel like that's something else. Isn't it? I don't know. The no. the recent the recently debuted whatever um despina goto the, like i said wife of, of tarzan goto um her and megumi kudo sort of sparked up a friendship and they were battling combat's army even though uh the one the match in january didn't that whatever uh so she got a title match against combat toyota um before the match there was a promo and it was terrible um would you like to talk about that or did you not see it and i only had to witness the atrocity
1: uh you i think that was only you
0: Okay. So before the match, they had like this really, really, you know, early 90s pre-tape promo. um, And Despina Goto just, she speaks English. um, And it was just, it was terrible. It was really bad. It was like it was like combat. I know you're going down. I'm I I know your tricks. I know I know what you do. I can beat you. I will beat you. I'm gonna take you down tonight in the ring. Right, one, two, three, and I'm going to take that belt. And it was it was really bad. It was it, I I probably just cut a better promo than it was. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> it was it was quite bad. But uh, you know, combat ended up coming back with like a word. She she said one word in Japanese and then walked away. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and then the match happened. Um, it was, it was fine. How, how, how do you feel? I, I need to, I need to find something to talk about in this match because it was, it was, it was definitely fine. It was definitely fine.
1: There's very little to grab onto here. It was, it was fine and it was also cut up a lot as well. So there was never really much to, to get into. Um, it was just kind of a collection of moves waiting for combat to inevitably get the win.
0: Yeah, that, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, in comparison to combat's previous battle with the Gaijin, this is probably like the best match of all time. But in comparison <laughs> to basically any other match, it was um, it was sloppy and it was an okay match, um, you know, passable I suppose. Uh, yeah, it, it started as it usually does with some crowd brawling, um, and a big a big focal point was just the use of chairs. Um, and Goto doesn't know how to use a chair properly, but Combat Toyota does. So uh, that sort of was the the deciding factor of this match. Because um, later on the match, Combat Toyota gets a chair from Meitamari. Um, and Goto goes for a back suplex on it and gets reversed. And then Combat hits the Thunderfire Powerbomb power on her onto the chair and kills her. And, you know, it's over. Uh, I, I didn't really describe that properly, but that was pretty much like the only spot of the match of of notice is her thunderfire fire power, power bombing, um, just go to onto the chair. It looks cool. So, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's good. Uh, otherwise the match was, uh, a means to an end because the next day there was actually another tile match, um, between combat and Megumi Kudo. Um, so unless you have anything else to say about, uh, this match, we should move on. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So the next day on, um, February twenty seventh, Combat Toyota faced Magumi Kudo for the WA women's title. Um this was a lot better because it's Combat Toyota and Megumi Kudo. They had a lot of singles matches around this time. Like um I remember back in the day I was like, Oh, I should write an article about like all of the singles matches Combat Toyota and Megumi Kudo had. They had like seventy, um, so that's not gonna happen. But I thought this was a pretty solid match. Um, how did you feel about it?
1: Yeah, it was definitely again very much your, your basic layout, but Obviously, given the two people involved, uh, they really made it work. I was surprised to see how much offense Kudo got, I think, throughout the match. I expected it to be a bit more one sided, Um, but they really gave Kudo a lot here, um, which I didn't really expect.
0: Yeah, um, Megumi Kudo, as always, just fucking takes it to Combat Toyota. Combat Toyota is actually representing um Great Britain in this match. She has a big um, British flag. I thought that was just on her t shirt last time because she liked a British band, but no, like, she has gear that has a british flag on it um so clearly she is the heel in this match because only heels are from britain but that's besides point um yeah so kudo jumps combat to before the match and just starts beating the shit out of her on the outside um combat ends up body slamming kudo on the bleachers in cork and hall very um far from the ring and then they both end up making their way back to the ring and then the match starts and that was pretty cool is that kudo like got her back broken um before the match and that's like okay we can start now um and then continuing uh, combat ended up getting some leg holds on Kudo for the first few minutes, uh, figure forward her legs around the corner post and just did a bunch of damage over there. Um, and then Kudo started sort of getting a comeback and started definitely bringing things to combat Toyota um, as you love to see. Um, Megumi Kudo has some of the best offense, even at this point where she's not fully fledged yet. She has just incredible offense. She's really just good at the wrestles, I would say. Um, and it's, it's really enjoyable to see her sort of mount that comeback. And she's an incredible babyface. There's not enough good things you can say about Megumi Kudo. Um, and then, you know, she gets choked by a belt um, and left for dead outside the ring. Uh, that was actually probably one of my favorite spots of this match. was because, like, I don't know where the belt came from, but but combat's just like, you know what? I, I'm just, I'm it's over. And we're just done. We're done here. And then she just, like, leaves her, like, just laying flat outside the ring. And she just sat in the ring like, okay, I'll wait. I guess I, I don't, I don't care. Um, and I enjoyed that. Uh, how do you feel about the like second half of this match? Cause it sort of started to pick up with kudos, you know, um, well will I suppose.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was good stuff. Uh, I, I feel like the finish kind of caught me off guard though. It really felt like it came out of nowhere, um, which kind of, I don't know if that hurt the match for me. Cause I didn't really feel like it fit with the flow. um, but you know, as far as Kudo and and Toyota go, like they they are obviously kicking ass down the finishing stretch.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny because like combat Toyota's two finishers up to this point are the Thunderfire Power Bomb, where she drops you on on your neck, and a Twisting Power Slam. That she just she just does, and it's like it's like I I like the Twisting Power Slam, but like in comparison, that those feel very drastically different. Um. But regardless, that is how the match ended with Kama Toyota getting a twisting power slam on Megumi Kudo for the win. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of shocking to see Kudo just lose very easily. Um, not easily, but like you said, it sort of just felt abrupt. Um, it was kind of interesting to see that. Um, but after the match, the pair did um, slap the shit out of each other um, once again before they left the ring uh and it, it sort of led to the next wba women's style match which was once again Megumi kudo versus combat toyota migumi kudo won um this was in march on a house show like i said we can't see this because there's no footage um Megumi kudo won the the WA belt and she actually was the first um or second after dump matsumoto um person or woman to be featured on the front cover of um shoe pro magazine um alone because before that uh I believe it was just the Crush Gals and, um, who was it? It was Aja and Bo, And then one was Dump Matsumoto. For, so the first, like, single-shot uh, woman on a Shupro magazine outside Dump Matsumoto was Megumi Kudo in FMW. That's pretty fucking big, especially considering that to this day we still, you know, talk about Shupro, um, you know, magazines and, like, how they are, influence the, the companies and just wrestling in general. So that's pretty dope, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's um it's, it's one of those random moves though where you're kind of like you wouldn't really expect them to do it, but it's it's really cool that they did, that they spotlighted Kudo like that.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um and it it definitely showed that she was like a, a star in the making um and Shupro saw it from that point and uh you know FMW saw it at this point. I think a lot of people didn't see it because FMW probably wasn't on their radar if they were a a Joshi fan um because FMW obviously wasn't a Joshi company. Um, I don't know. I feel like I mentioned that like every single time we cover FMW, but they weren't a Joshi company. So the the Joshi wrestlers are just sort of like also there. And Megumi Kudo was sort of starting to become very early on, but she was starting to become a breakout star of the division, as we all know today. Um, but the next match we shall talk about is from May 6th. Of 1991. Um, it is ca- Combat Army against Mimasato, Megumi Kudo, and Yuki Morimatsu in a Captain's Fall match, meaning that Megumi Kudo or um, Combat Toyota has to be pinned in order for the match to end. How did you feel about this one? Because um, I've, I've seen this match before. I didn't realize it until I actually started watching it, but um, I watched this at some point uh, early last year. It was one of the first uh, Kudo combat matches I actually watched, um, and I really enjoyed it then. I, I enjoyed it here, but how did you feel about it?
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. I I enjoyed that like they just brawled straight from the start. Like I always love that sort of stuff. It's one of those uh things that feels a bit unique to FMW where it's just like yeah, let's just have chaos, you know? Because it fits the vibe of the feud as well. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. Like obviously, like the combat army, like I enjoy two of them out of the three already. Um, the baby faces are all pretty good. So I mean, as far as tag matches go. This is pretty good. Um although I do feel like uh it's <laughs> I might have missed some eliminations. Um you know, look, it was it was all good.
0: Yeah, um I I remember yeah, we we were, I watched it. And uh, I saw, obviously, Miwa get eliminated. Um, and then I saw Crusher Maidamari get eliminated. And then just at some point, it was just Megumi Kudo getting beat up on her own. Um, and she just had no help. So I don't know what happened to Yuki Morimatsu, but uh, Megumi Kudo did get her ass beat. Um, and that was actually a, a big aspect of this match, was just that combat army was simply dismantling the babyfaces. They were just beating the shit out of them. Megumi Kudo would sometimes get like a little bit of a comeback, um, like when she submitted... Uh, crusher made amari but other than that they sort of got their asses beat for quite a while um and it ended up being a two-on-one with shark and combat beating the shit out of Megumi kudo um and then combat eventually getting another twisting power slam to take the win over kudo and she gets um because of that a another titles match um i think in july so we didn't really cover it here but um this win does mean something she ended up getting another tile shot at Megumi kudo because she pinned her with a twisting power slam um yeah, I enjoyed this one. It, it was a very FMW match. You know, what I mean, it was it was exactly yeah. what you what you want out of um, a, you know, three on three FMW match, comparison to the one earlier where it was just sort of, like, very basic and very, like, you know, I don't want to say it was slow, but, like, in comparison, this was very um, high energy and just, like I said, it was an FMW match, if there ever was one, um, without, you know, a bunch of weapons, unfortunately. Uh, and I think that's our part of, of the enjoyment of Shark, is that because she hasn't really been able to use weapons yet, uh, the biggest part of her game has not been realized. So at this stage of her career, she's she's very uh, not as good as combat um or as a uh, crusher. So I definitely get what you mean that like two two of combat's army definitely stand out in comparison to to shark. But over time, she sort of um, reconciles that and starts you know shooting on people in AJW, and that's always fun to watch when you say. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Yeah. It's, I just love such a chaotic presence, Um, even if she's completely outmatched by her her raw-as-fuck teammate.
0: Have you have you seen that match where she just, like, sort of shot on Debbie Malenko, I think? Like, she was just like, we're not doing this now. And she just started beating the shit out of her, and, and like, Debbie would, like, try to do, like, an arm drag, and Shark just, like, just sandbag her and just be like, nah, we're not doing that, bro. Like, it was, it was, it was... <laughs> Chaotic, but it was fucking great. I I love it, um, cause just FMW, FMW people from FMW do not do not comply, (laughs) and it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I saw. I didn't. I don't think I remember that one. I saw the one from Dream Slam with Terry Powers, where both Terry Powers and the FMW tag team are on completely different wavelengths, and it's so funny. Like I, I stand Terry Powers. What a bitch. Like I love it. Because um, she was just like, I'm gonna hurt you both. And Crusher and Shark were just like, no, you're not. Come on. <laughs> it was so all over the place. Um, so crazy. So yeah, I have seen the joys of uh, Crusher and Perky just um, deciding to go into business for themselves. And it is never not entertaining.
0: Yeah, they, they fucking hated being in h Like they they like like I am not saying this because like I have insider knowledge. Like just watching their matches, they just fucking hated being there. Like they were just like, I'm not doing this. No, like we're not. Just leave me alone. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's for a couple years down the road. Um, for now, let, let's get back into the um into the FMW 1991 action. Um, we're actually going through this pretty quickly. That that's that's an issue, but and it's never an issue for storm quest which is wild like for storm quest we're always like so like okay we need to keep this under two and a half hours and here it's like can we make it for a half hour let's see um but anyways um next match i it might have been your favorite match or one of them was megumi kudo against delta dawn for the wwa women's title um delta dawn was combat army's monster gaijin of the week um, because they sort of start doing that around this time, whereas had random just join the combat army, um, like team with them for a week or to, or so, and then challenge Mugumi Kudo. Um, same thing happened with Reggie Bennett a little bit later on, um, but we didn't get to see that. So yeah, how did you feel about this one? I know you're a big Delta Dawn stan nowadays, and I know you really like Delta Dawn, like her archetype as a wrestler. So um, how about you take me through that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so this was my first time ever seeing Delta Dawn, and um, immediately I'm all in. She reminds me of Monster Ripper, um, which makes sense because they're both Canadian and they would have both trained around the same time and wrestled in uh, Stampede, so they probably did work together at some point. Um, I'm pretty sure Dawn had a run in AJW as well, so she knew how to work Mm -hmm. in Japan. And um, yeah, you could just see it here, like she completely understood her role and she was very good at it. She, uh, She was really good at not only selling for Kudo, but also just beating Kudo down And this just felt very gritty, very disrespectful. Like, you just feel that the two of them didn't like each other. And um, I'm always very appreciative when wrestlers can bring that energy to a match. And uh, Don and Kudo both brought that here.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I I absolutely loved it. I feel like Magumi Kudo is... I, I feel like I say it constantly, but she's at her best when she's just an underdog trying to fight a bigger... Um, more aggressive wrestler and she's just trying to outsmart and outwork them and I feel like that was a perfect display of what happened here um, Really good stuff. I I I know you're a big Monster Ripper fan I also am a pretty big Monster Ripper fan I feel like Delta Dawn and Monster Ripper are sort of like two sides of the same coin um, and they both really really work good with these um Underdogs who are trying to you know beat the shit out of them um, And yeah, I thought this was a great match. Um, we just got her ass beat for a lot of the time. And I enjoy that. Cause I feel like there's a few people who get their asses beat better than Megumi Kudo. Um, and that's, that's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I love her offense, but at the same time, her selling might be better. Um, especially at this point, cause she hasn't uh, really put the finishing touches on her um, offensive repertoire. So at this point, she's just, getting killed, and it always looked great. She always looked incredible as that underdog who's just getting her ass beat. Um, and that was a lot of this match. Um, they go outside for some out-of-the-ring shenanigans. I'm pretty sure every single match we have watched um, had at least a minute outside of the ring just beating the shit out of each other for whatever reason because FMW is FMW, and I, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great match, um, and then I really liked the finish. Um, it felt really just out of nowhere, and I Megumukudo mean, was just like you know winning by the grit of her teeth um do you, do you remember the the sequence of how it went because i know there's a lot that went into the finish um i know some of the beats but i'm not sure if, if you have any of that down
1: um i remember she did the three back suplexes and then power her and i was like this is great because she could have pinned her easily oh, yeah. after like two suplexes but like did more and uh the crowd was super into it they were like yeah kill her and uh so was i no oh, that's good stuff, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah not, I, I remember now. So, yeah, so basically what happened was, um, like, you know, Delta Dawn was just beating the shower, goes for a clothesline. Megumi Kudo grabs her arm, um gets a suplex and suplexes her, and then gets her in the back suplexes. Back suplexer three times, and the crowd is just like actively getting more and more excited after every suplex. And then finally, Megumi Kudo gets a Tiger Driver on her, and it is fucking insane. The crowd erupts. Um, and Megumi Kudo wins her. I think this is her first or second defense I think this is her. Yeah, it's her first defense of the WWE Women's Title. Um, which is pretty dope. And then Delta Dawn, she doesn't really come back much. Um, in FMW, I'm pretty sure she retires a couple years. Um, later. Um, which is a shame because yeah, she is really good.
1: They retired in 92.
0: Yeah, so so not too long later. Um, I'm pretty sure this was her last match in FMW in, in Japan, probably. Uh, so yeah, it, w- it was really good stuff. Um, it's a shame that she ended up retiring just a year later because she could have been a, a great um, monster um, wrestler in FMW and just in Joshi in general. Um, but I guess that takes us to our, our last match. Then we'll have some discussion afterwards um, to pad things out. But the last match is Reggie Bennett this is matsuda um this is the first ever appearance of reggie bennett in japan um because this is this predates her jwp matches um her ajw matches and then her new jwp matches so that's pretty insane um that this is like the first like genuinely the first time reggie bennett ever competed in japan um unless she competed in like some you know basement in japan i don't know but this is the first recorded date that she ever wrestled um how did you feel about this first appearance of reggie bennett because it felt like she definitely brought what she ended up bringing like a lot more of later on in her career but she definitely had it if if you will um in this match even and kamiko Matsudo was a great dancing partner for her here
1: yeah i mean bennett isn't as good as she would end up being after you know her couple of years wrestling alongside some of the best ever in uh, ajw for like 14 days a month um, you know but she was still a good powerhouse here and uh, she definitely worked well with Matsuda you know Matsuda was the underdog babyface who was you know using her, her offense and her strikes to try and chop down Bennett but you know Bennett was just too powerful for her um, and so you know she, she clearly understood what her role was and um, while she isn't as good as she will be um, she was still a pretty good powerhouse heel here
0: yeah, I I totally agree. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that she bumped um for Matsuda uh, on her kicks specifically, because even though like Kamiko was definitely the the you know she was going to lose, like everybody knew she was going to lose from the jump. But uh, the fact that her kicks were really put over and Reggie Bennett really just bumped her ass off for them really made her look like a like a real threat against against Bennett and just a real threat in general. I think that was really um. Plus, big plus of this match was that it wasn't just Reggie just no-selling everything um, against Matsuda. I think Matsuda definitely got a lot of shine out of this one, um, even though she did end up getting murdered um, near the end. Um, Matsuda also did do a dive to the outside, which was pretty cool. She got to the top rope and did a dive. I'm pretty sure Reggie ca- ca- caught her. I don't really remember it. We watched this one on a potato. Um, this one, I, I know you say that a lot, Mr. Irishman, but it, it was it was terrible. It was like literally like 144p like it was bad. I could barely make out things, but I did see a dive, and I did see Reggie end up um coming in before Kamiko did, and I imagine Kamiko died on that dive. So, I'm going to assume that that was a cool spot that I just didn't get to see. Uh, <laughs> um, and then yeah, the match the match was kind of just a a um a squash, but like, you know, it, it had good elements to it. It ended up with Reggie Bennett, um, taking the win with the tilt to war side slam or sidewalk slam specifically. Um, and it looked really, really good it, just the twist. It, I don't know, the impact looked great. Um, and the match didn't have a lot of substance, but it was really cool to see Reggie Bennett's first match in Japan. Um, Kimiko did great. Um, putting her over, putting herself over. And overall it was a, a nice little taste of what can be seen later on. Cause I'm pretty sure, um, Next time we cover FMW, if I can find it, Reggie Bennett faces um, Megumi Kudo. I know we haven't been able to find it yet, but if we do, um, I'm really excited to see that match. If not, it's a shame, but but regardless, seeing a Reggie Bennett match um, this early in her career was pretty dope. Um, she does become a member of Combat Army for a couple months. Um, like I said, they were really big on the Monster Geysion you know, of the Week thing where they would just put them with Combat Army um, until they left um, pretty soon at, thereafter, and Reggie Bennett does do that. Uh, so I'm I'm sort of interested in if we could possibly find any of that. Um, I will, you know, definitely put it on the next episodes, whether it's an AJW episode or where we have a full-blown FMW episode again this year. Um, I am really excited to see how that develops, and I'm really excited to see more of Reggie Bennett because um I haven't seen a ton of Reggie Bennett actually. I know a lot of people get shocked, but I, I just I've seen a few matches of hers and I've always enjoyed them, but I just never really like sought. More of them out, so I am excited to see more um, along our timeline. Even though I know it's not for a couple of years that she starts getting a prominent role in um, JWP or AJW.
1: I mean, Reggie Bennett kind of bounces around, from what I remember. She's uh, she's in AJW for a bit, but then she leaves them for Arjan. So I can I can kind of understand why you maybe haven't seen a lot of her because she does kind of once she got to a position where AJW is gonna push her as a prominent member of the roster, she kind of went and joined Archeon instead. um. And obviously a lot of people just haven't seen much of Arion If they have, it's like from like 2000, where it was like the Aquino days yeah. and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I haven't seen a ton of hers, but I do recognize that she is probably one of the better um, powerhouse women's wrestlers of probably all time, because she's really good at what she does. Um, But... That is the last of the matches that we have. Uh, we're we're very early on time. Um, so I I want to pose this question to you. Um, of the of the three companies that we have covered, um, the top the first six months of in 1991, who do you think had the best year? I know that's a bit of a loaded question. Um, to go back, you know, since the beginning of the year covering AJW, um, and last month covering JVP, and now FMW. But who do you think just like you know? Knee-jerk, who do you think had the best half a year, six months um, in, in Joshi wrestling during
1: 1991? Well, it's easily AJW. Um, I don't even think it's close. Uh, JDP had high highs, but then there was a lot of points where they weren't really doing much of uh, that was interesting. Um, And FMW is still kind of in the formative stages. So I think AJW is, you know, they obviously have Bull on top and they're building up Azure. And, you know, they have the S Moreno just on their shows uh, having great matches and um, they have a lot of their younger talents coming through. It's just a much more kind of interesting and entertaining company at this point. Um, because obviously, like, they just have a wealth of talent. Like, it's not even fair to the other ones. Yeah. Um, They're definitely using them a lot better based on just based on what we've seen. I'm sure there's really good stuff that we've left out, but I feel like JWP was just too slow paced um to ever really keep up and fmw obviously only had a small roster to work with so you know they couldn't really do much either
0: yeah i i totally agree um J D V P had excuse me had a burp um JVP definitely had a great tournament um and a great tournament um finals with Dynamics and Sai and Harley Saito, Um and they did have like you know their their top talent was probably like some of the best wrestlers just period around this time. But I think AJW as a as a product overall, um not only was it easier just to watch and easier to digest, it was also you know, on average had better matches and on average was just a better roster and a more complete roster than either of the other ones. Um, though I do think that the, the bright spots of JWP could possibly outshine some of, um, some of the bright spots of um, AJW and maybe the FMW bright spots don't outshine either of them, but I do think that it, doesn't, it definitely has a certain charm to it. And I always say this, that FMW um, just had this real, this real specialness to it and a u- uniqueness to it that even though, you know, the the matches of the year and the best matches of all time are are few and far between. Um, I I do think that FMW had some of the best um just moments in Joshi wrestling um with Megumi Kudo at the top and Kamatoya um right either against her or by her side over the over the years. I think that's really where FMW shines. And Megumi Kudo and Toyota, they had their matches around this time, but we didn't get to see all of them. I think if we got to see the the one in March um. And the one in June, I think that they would both be, um, I feel like FMW might be a little bit higher, but I definitely do agree with you that it probably goes AJW, a distant JWP, and then uh, a fairly distant FMW um, in terms of rankings. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to to continue because I know next month we have the, the Japan Grand Prix, don't we?
1: I believe so, yeah.
0: Um, so yes, we are finally back to aJW after a a you know hiatus from for like two months because they just didn't do anything for the summer, I guess. Um, so i'm I'm excited for that. I know the Japan Grand Prix, I don't know. I think it's split up a bit um because of classics. Um, it'll probably be hard to find anything other than classics. So I think we might be relying on that this time around. But um if not, we me mean you can talk about, you know where to find something else. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm sort of, you know, trying to stretch for time because it's been 37 minutes, and that is <laughs> a very short podcast episode. But you know, it happens. I mean, um, FMW is is not the all killer no filler um, company that AJW is, so it's it's not as easy to, you know, take six matches and like really just dive into them um, for FMW because you know, they they pretty much boil down to. Oh well, you know they started beating each other up, and then they went outside and beat each other up, and then they came inside and somebody power bombed the other one, and they won. Um, and that's most of the matches. Um, some of them have better, you know, modifiers. Some of them have, you know, worse modifiers. But that's pretty much what you get out of FMW. And um, I enjoy it, but I should probably just stop stalling for time. You know, <laughs> I
1: can I can take over if you wanna.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Um... Go ahead. I'm sure you have think, some comments. I just keep talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I think some of the joy of, of watching FMW at this point and part of the reason we're doing it, um, is because, obviously, like, as I mentioned there, like, you know, Sharky and Crusher are, are on Dream Slam and Kudo and Toyota are in the main event of Dream Slam. Like, they will eventually be big parts of the journey of Joshi history. You know what I mean? Um, So I think it's good to see the beginnings of that, like, see how... took, you know, Toyota and Kudo as AJW cast-offs and made them into stars, and took, you know, Sharky and Crusher and made them into, you know, some of the most legitimate badasses in the business. So I think as much as, like, there's not a lot we can dive into and there's not a lot we can say, it's good to, at the very least, look at the beginnings of how these all became stars and why then and it came time for Dream Slam, was it so big that you had Kudo and Toyota teaming up to take on, um, was it Toyota, was it Minami and, and Yamada?
0: Yeah, it was, it was yeah. Toyota, and Man- uh, Toyota and Minami, yes, no, Toyota and Yamada, yeah, which was a pretty smart <laughs> nice match. It's, you know.
1: Yeah, but you know, so that's that's kind of the the reason we do this, the same reason we look at JWP. We don't watch JWP so that we can go, "Oh yeah, that was a cool match and we're so cool because we watched 91 JWP." It's not for that. It's because these people are big parts of the inevitable story of Joshi wrestling, which is, you know, the quote rival era and, you know, everything around Dream Slam and eventually Big Egg and kind of the V-Top tournament. Um so, you know, it's just good for us to be able to look at how these people became stars like why was it that fmw were able to make you know two massive stars who could compete with ajw stars and draw so well why was it that when you know dynamite kansai went over to ajw she was so over you know so i think as much as (laughs) fmw we can't analyze it and we can't really jump into it all that much it's still good to see how they built up the kind of main four that would go on to compete with ajw
0: yeah, and, and you bring up a good point that like when crossovers start happening, um, FMW is a, a focal point. I'm um, a little bit further down the road, I know this is what six years away. Um, we, we talked about it last month in JWP, but Shark Suchia becomes the leader of Guren Corps, um, in, in LLPW. So it's it's all over the place, obviously. But um Corps, which is the the faction that we were just talking about last month in JWP, um, and you know, the the bad member of combat army that we were talking about the, this month um they become one in the same combat and crusher actually or not combat sharky and crusher end up being uh leaders of girl Corps, and that becomes a pretty big storyline down the road when the um when the exodus of ajw happens um and they i, I bring this up often because it's one of my favorite storylines um Corps ends up um feuding with aja kong as aja kong is leaving ajw and that's like her big first feud outside of ajW is against um shark sutia and in in that sort of environment so it is it is definitely has um implications later on down the road with um how is shark built up so much how how does she become that badass who is great at talking and also you know murders people with a fucking scythe and you know how is shark or how is um crusher they all have so similar names like combat and crusher is way too close together like I, I keep like they're such different wrestlers but they're just Whatever, but how how does crusher become one of the best, you know, um, like commanders in wrestling and just a fundamental beast and just really padding out sharks, you know, tag matches alongside Shark and making those matches complete? Um, that that's sort of what we're talking about here is just the the foundation of all of those things. Um and I, I really enjoy it. I, I know Alex definitely enjoys it. it's it's a means to an end, but also the means are pretty cool. Like, you know, seeing a combat to it or something we could a match is pretty rarely um, a bad thing or a thing that is a waste of time. Cause usually they're pretty, they're pretty fucking good. So I, I, enjoyed it. Um, like you said, it's, it's not something you could really like analyze, but it is important to cover regardless of whether it is a two minute match where somebody murders somebody, or it is a 20 minute, you know, five star classic, um, I do enjoy covering FMW, I enjoy covering JWP, and of course I enjoy covering AJW, which we will get back to next month with the J- Japan Grand Prix 1991. Um but I think it is time that we close out for today. Um unless you have any further thoughts, Alex.
1: Um no, I'm I'm all thoughted out, I guess. That sounds like I said thought thoughted out, um which is a completely different thing, <laughs> but I have no more thoughts. No thoughts that is- empty.
0: He has been a hoe for the week, um, and <laughs> <laughs> he is done now. Um but yes, uh, I, I suppose this is this is probably the you know, shortest episode of VTG, but you know, it happens, it's FMW. Um things go crazy sometimes. But I, I must I must implore you, the listener at home, to tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your dog, tell your cousin, tell your manager at work, tell your manager at work's best friend, tell everybody you fucking know that Victory Do Guts is the best classic Joshi wrestling podcast in the biz. Ijo. Ijo.